Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Brace yourselves for a noble horror, because the call of Cthulhu Mystery Program has returned. Yes. Nerdy Show's beloved RPG audio drama of black comedy and Lovecraftian horror is back with an all-new series, a chilling tale called The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Head to CthulhuMystery.com or find the Call of Cthulhu Mystery program wherever you procure fine podcasts. Succumb to the maddening call of Cthulhu. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. It contains content that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. All Nerdy Show podcasts are made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. Discover the many ways you can join in at nerdyshow.com. All right, so we're doing another design episode. Yeah, You guys like doing this, making this game? Hooray. I do. We've I mean, got, I, I prefer playing it, but... Uh, so we've got a special guest today and somebody who will be joining us in Max's campaign. So as always, I'm Josh, your host. I've got with me today Max. Hey! Liam. Yo! And got our buddy Andrew. Hello T- out there. TV-named campaign. Oh yeah, we still don't have a name, do I we? know. We have no. asked several times. We've got a few things to get into today. We're excited about the upcoming campaign. Um, there's some stuff. There's a bunch of stuff we didn't call, cover last design episode. We got into the calendar. We got into fauna. Stuff like that. We didn't get into moon phases. All right. I want to talk about that a little bit because we got two moons and how they should overlap and like what do we think of holidays related to those. I want to get into magic. I want to get in a little bit of step four. And I want to talk about kingdoms other than the Akinosians because we are very light on those. I have so much information on the Guff City States. Great. Prepped. Okay. So so let's talk about moon phases, right? So we named our we named our moons last episode the the regular moon that we know and love now has a ring it's probably still 28 day cycle roughly might as well everybody cool with that yep okay give or give or take every t- decade so that's a but we have zerusha now the black moon uh who is closer so can eclipse the the white moon and smaller right and smaller but it's actually much closer than people probably think right for, for this to be for this to all be true for it to be inside of the orbit of the white moon does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So it needs a, because it's closer and smaller, it needs a pretty fast cycle um, compared to, yeah, compared to the white moon. So what do we think about how long it should last? I mean, half. What's half, our, our week is set 10, 10 days? 10 days. 10 days. That's why the week is the week, right? Like, why did we change it? 10 day moon. Yeah, we could do that. 10 days isn't bad. 10 day works. I was thinking like 18, but. um, 10. 10, 10, 10 works, yeah. That's pretty well, fast. It would offer a good explanation as to the change. Mm-hmm. Some new crazy thing that's happening to kind of base it off of. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you why we picked a 10-day week. Because 10 is easy to deal with. And also, why should we make this a 10-day moon? 10 is easy to deal with. That'd be great. Yeah, let's do it. All right, 10-day 10 10 day cycle. So, Zerusha, 10-day orbit. 
How often does it uh, eclipse? I don't remember the name of the other moon. A fiend. A fiend. How often does it eclipse a fiend? Uh, it eclipses a fiend. Well, because even even if the orbit is ten days, that doesn't mean it'll eclipse it twice. Because the fiend will also orbit. be moving. Right. Well, because the um, axis, the angle, mm-hmm. was our, our the tilt. So our our moon right now is on a five degree tilt, which is why it doesn't. You know, and, and the Earth is tilted, which is why it doesn't eclipse the sun every time it goes around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inclination is All what right. it's called. I don't, inclination, declination. Sometimes. I don't want to figure out the inclination or declination. Nope. I just want to know how often a year it is eclipsed. Well, what are uh, what are the like year breakdowns on eclipses? What's the average on how often the moon eclipses the sun? It's, it's a huge amount of time. Yeah, but I figure on, for something with a twenty-eight day rotation and a ten-day rotation in a smaller scale, it would happen more often. Right, but getting the one with the sun is probably a good reference point to build off of. Bottom line, Google is is doing this, pulling it from earthsky.org. Uh, it says, bottom line, any calendar year has a minimum of four eclipses, two solar, two lunar. Okay. Most years have only four, but depending on the year, it may have five, six, or as many as seven. Call it eight, bottom. Well, we could just have a thing where, like, there's, there's an eclipse a month. There could be an eclipse every 30 days. Of the moons. Of the moons, yes. Yeah, but not not the, the triple eclipse. So maybe one a year of the of Ooh, the triple eclipse? Yeah. Would that happen on one of our four that would happen, high holy days? That would happen very rarely. Don't we have a fire day and an ice day? So ice would be when everything No, even then. Black. No, we, we didn't do that. What I'm saying, would that be a good day to have that on our... Because we, we, we the did... The day the sun dies and the moon dies? Something like that. We could we could do well because they're all together, right? So, mm-hmm. so lo- the lunar eclipses, you know, obviously when the sun, uh, when when the Earth actually, the shadow of the Earth passes over the like moon, blocks the moon, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Solar is when the moon is in front of the sun, and well, we call them like sublunar events. That makes sense. So there might be a term for that because there are, yeah, planets with more than one moon. Most planets, or rather, most moons. <laughs> in- intermoon events. So I feel like the uh, the event of all three lining up is is going to be one that happens very rarely and is a huge deal maybe to like everyone. Every five years or something have, like that. Have you heard that they want to maybe some people are maybe looking at our moon and trying to reclassify it as a planet because it's so much bigger than in comparison to us than most moons are to any other system except for Pluto. But then they declassified Pluto. Pluto, yeah. I would disagree with that. That we are a binary planet system rather than being... Unless they call it moon still. If it was a planet called moon, I'd be down. It'd be, it, the name is Luna. I, I don't I don't so think you? that makes sense because the center of gravity is still within our planet. Right. It, it's not outside. Mm-hmm. It's... it's. I mean, because then you could be like, oh, well, then, you know, it, it's uh, our the sun, you know, the center of gravity of the Earth to the sun is is still inside the sun, and but the Earth does make the sun wobble. I don't know. That's any gravitate. Well, no, it's the it's the comparison to size when we compare it to just any other relationship mm-hmm. in our solar system. It's the closest. It's it's way different than any other relationship, except for Pluto. Mm. What do you mean, Pluto Pl- and what? And its moon. Oh, it has a moon. I didn't even know it. Had yeah, a moon. yeah. It, and I think the relationship is is even bigger. Like they're much closer in size. I don't know. It's kind of like saying a giant tumor is a human, which I would agree with more so. I think uh, if you name it, it's a person. That's just how it works. Yeah. That's what I did with my hernia. Henry, the hernia. Henry, the hernia. I like yeah. That. Do you have a service for him when he goes? Uh, no. He's still, he'll still just be there. He'll just be in fishnets forever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
have a little net, a little mesh. Okay, so let's say that it's not a perfect eclipse, but it can happen once a month. Like it'll cross its face yeah. once a month in some way. So uh, every we'll say every thirty no, days. No, our, our months are our months are still thirty days. We didn't break them up. Our months are thirty days. We have seasons, but we just didn't name the months. We we have ninety day months right now. I'm telling you right now what we have. Uh-huh. Okay, ninety day months. We didn't name the ninety day months after seasons because that's not actually how seasons work. Yes, because the solstices and the equinoxes don't take place at the end or the beginning of the month. Yes, like the season, they take place in the middle. So I still don't think we should have ninety day months. I, I honestly don't understand any objection to this. It's the same term for a vastly different frame of reference in the game. Well, we could call it something else. Ten, yeah, I'm saying, yeah, we should call them months. And well, you should still have months, and there's just three months in a quarter. But why this instead of, like, why, why take issue with that instead of the 10-day weeks? Because uh, 10 to 3 is something you can wrap your head around much easier than the difference between 30 and 90. One of them is a magnitude. One of them is an increase by less than half. But we don't track things... In months, we totally do. That's not what I was going to say. We, we don't, we don't, we, when we say like it's several months from now, we are actually in our heads doing a conversion where we track the number of days and break it into months. If it's 90 days, we say it's three months, even though it's not three months, even though, even though one of those yeah. months might be February. Like we, it's, it, we track it by number of days. I mean, honestly, we could just have a calendar that said 360 and we are on day 25 of 360. You I, know? I, I definitely don't track days and then that you, way. And then you name every year I instead would, of every I, month. Yeah. If you said three months, I think I have in, I have internalized what three months roughly sure. is. Just like you internalized three miles, but that doesn't yeah. mean that that's better or worse than kilometers. True, but we're not talking about we're now not talking about the difference between kilometers and miles. We're talking the difference between feet and miles. Well, we're talking about quiblon, remember? So so maybe these are quiblons versus months, and now we're talking about that now. It, it's just it's arbitrary. Like of, of only it's not arbitrary because we have we already have the association with months and, right. and we should just can we're like we're already using weeks let's use weeks months and, and even and rather than seasons just quarters quarters is good quarters is good yeah so 90 day quarters yeah i like quarters okay yeah because i i mean i gotta be honest with you i don't want to name every month because in every rpg i've played where you name every month and it tells you when the next thing's going to happen it's a fucking nightmare it like it, think of i played it kingmaker i've played it in uh skyrim i have no idea what the first of frostfall means i have no that's idea. that's true I, 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 I don't know but if you say the first quarter of this year i know exactly what you mean cool four quarters and we could name the quarters if we want to they would probably go along with our four, four high holy days right I don't know. I think probably okay because it's not a season, right? Because the, the these events take they bisect them, yeah. right? They they take place in the middle, but we could call we could name them after the transition, right? Because because those take place in the middle and they signal the end of one and the beginning towards the other. Mm-hmm. We could name them after that if that makes sense. So like it, this is too basic, but like snow melt, you know, is 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 the one that follows the winter into spring, exactly. And then the one, you know, spring into summer, from summer to fall, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so we just name the transition. That's the quarter. Don't worry about that. That actually makes, in my opinion, way more sense cool. than the way we think of se- like seasons are odd. Seasons when you when seasons. you really start to think about them, when you think that, oh yeah, no, uh, the end of the year just happens in the middle of a season. There's, Great, cool, thanks, thanks for doing that to my brain. There is nothing intuitive about our current calendar. Oh yeah, it's even the names of them are actively misleading. Like the the names of the months, December mm-hmm. used to be the tenth month. Yeah, when just, we had to actively add in 
roughly 20 to 28 days in yep. a year. Like, you, you think of just, just September, October, November, December. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they didn't add the additional months after those is nightmarish. Bananas. It, yeah, it's terrible. You want to give yourself the cool summer months. Yeah. You're well, going to dick yourself well, over with November, December. Jan- uh, July and August were not the months that were added. They were renamed. Yeah. February and January were added. And they and, should have been at after December. And the reason why it's January is called January is it's a transitional period. And it's named after Janus, mm. the god of hallways and transitions. And judgment. And the bad guy in GoldenEye 64. And the key maker in yeah. the Matrix. We could do this all day. Yeah, and Janus, the, the nice librarian. And Janis so, Joplin, which yeah. has no... That's just a coincidence. They, they named it after her. Or the, um, the good place. So let's get... All right. So I don't want to name those right now. I think we'll, we'll do those next. So we got our moon phases. We got a 10-day orbit, a 28-day orbit, and um, they cross each other's face every 30 days. How often does a perfect eclipse happen uh, with both moons? Let's say twice a year? Mm. Okay. Okay. Like rather than the, the fate just touching faces like yeah directly in the center it looks like an eye looking down at you uh so rather than like passings or meetings an embrace Ooh. well i think the visual of it literally looks like an eyeball because you've got you've got the big white one and then the and then the pupil um now if they're if they're crossing every 30 days that means it's happening three times a quarter so some reference to those eclipses in the names of the little intersecting breakdowns would probably make a lot of sense so like first second and third eclipse would be how they break it up inside those quarters the problem is that because it's a 28 day orbit it shifts every year every year is different Mm -hmm. of when of when that will happen and like where the moon is in that position gotcha if the day of reckoning happens while it's an eyeball that would be especially yeah. Ooh, that would be terrifying. Maybe yeah. maybe in just all of their literature, important events happen on those days, but catastrophes and really important events like they they'll they'll wait for a coronation until the perfect eclipse of the sun and two moons, you know, because it's like the bright eye. Yeah, there'd be skipped eclipses because they would eclipse themselves while the the Earth is eclipsing them. Yeah, you yeah a, a lunar eclipse. Well, they would say like the a closed eye or something like that yeah. right like could be or that could just never be true just because of how the dice roll on that no that would be because of the because of the five degree tilt like there could be only one part only one way that they intersect i guess i'm trying to say i mean i don't really know i can actually pull up uh don john will actually build you a calendar to your specifications and put in the moon phases but that's only relevant for that year, unless unless your moon phases are perfectly divisible by the number of days in your year, which ours are not. Yeah. Let's see, because we have 364 days in our calendar. So the perfect lunar eclipse is an eyeball that's, every, that's twice a year, right? Or we can make it so that one's open, one's closed. One is the Earth is not eclipsing it. The, the other one is... The one is, is, yeah, they're black. It's, it's, a, it's a perfect eclipse in the wrong direction. Can you... Uh, wrong direction? What do you mean? It would be, rather than having... Sun, big moon, little moon, earth, it would be big moon, little moon, earth, sun. Yeah, that's what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, okay. So where, where the shadow of the earth eclipses yes. them. Yes. But it, so would st- it would still require a weird perfect eclipse, which is awesome. So that happens twice a year, but the one where they they all line up in the sun with the sun maybe once every 10? Yeah. 10 years? Okay. So every 40 quarters? Yes. The math checks out on that. Yes. Cool. Although it can happen outside of the quarters. It's as many quarters as Lex Luthor stole pies. Lex Luthor famous for stealing pies? Yeah, He stole 40 pies. That's as many as four tens, and that is terrible. Yeah. 
What did he do with them all? I don't, I don't know. I would hope he ate them. I mean, well, if you're no, going to steal pie. He didn't get away with it for long. So he ate like four of them, maybe? He got like through two before Superman caught him. Come on. What the fuck is Superman doing catching a dude for stealing pie when there's train crashes and all kinds of shit? It was cakes. I'm sorry. Oh. So when I was looking, Lex Luthor took 40 cakes. He took 40 cakes. That's as many as four tens, and that's terrible. I just think Superman has other shit to do. I agree, but that's a lot of cakes. That is a lot of cakes. Somebody, did, somebody is appropriately angry about this. I feel Look, like. he has beef with Luther. We all know it. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like anybody else stole 40 cakes. He probably he wouldn't, wouldn't have got involved. But he's like, Luther's up to something. Yeah. Why does he need 40? That's as many as four tens. He should just kill Lex Luthor. Yeah, he should. Be done with it. I feel like Batman somebody should. should like, just some cop should take one for the team, right? And just be like, blam, yep. fine, take me to jail. Did what you could not soups. And he's like, yeah, I literally can't, because that would be... That'd be very bad figuratively for me as a symbol. What if What if he said, uh, it's so hard because I can't kill him? Like a public statement where he's like, I can't do it. Want someone to rid me of this vexed priest? No, no. I, I mean, I really hope somebody I, doesn't do it. I think I read this comic book, only it was The Joker, and it ended very badly. Uh, I, I don't even... That might not have been a comic book because that's more or less The Dark Knight. Kingdom, it happens Kingdom in Kingdom Come. Come. Okay. Superman yeah. stands next to Lex Luthor and has someone shoot at him. Bullet bounce off Superman, hits Lex. That's a great. Um, How about this? Kills Lex Luthor, indirect. has Martian Manhunter impersonate him for the rest of his life. Martian Manhunter would hate that. <laughs> he would. He gets to just now use his money to good, do good things. What, he doesn't want money. Kills Lex Luthor, invents a better hamburger. <laughs> just starts starts a pie making company. Everything's forgiven. Yeah. All right. So this brings up the larger top topic of. The idea of cataloging your time in a campaign. How let's let's talk about that. So, say you're in a campaign where the seasons actually do matter, and and the holidays are really baked into the lore, where adventure paths are written with these in mind, given mm-hmm. given the given year or whatever. Certain armies will only fight in this time of year, like just like like in 300, they wouldn't fight during the Carnea. Does it remove your fun? So I can imagine a tedium associated with it. That um, we can build tools to remove, but I would say that if you wanted to ignore it, you just can. Yeah. Absolutely. It seems very optional. Right. But how do we make it engaging so where it really empowers the player to be like, wait, this took how many days? Okay, so that means I'm, I've got this and this and this, and this is what I'm planning. Because here's the thing that uh, – uh, something I run into a lot when I'm playing other tabletop RPGs is everything kind of happens one after the other. Like you go on an adventure and there's zero downtime for like a month. Yeah. You know, you're even going to a city, but like, no, you have to leave immediately to solve this problem. I, I don't think that really tracks with even how adventure stories are told. You know, it's certainly not Lord of the Rings. No, I mean, think of Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, uh, Indiana Jones. Like these are, <laughs> you have long periods of downtime. Samuel Tarley gets to the world's biggest library and then just reads every book. Until he finds the one he needs. Yeah. Like, uh, that almost feels like um, the mechanics there that you want to build in are less for the player and more for the DM. Because like, his pacing, or his or her, I should say, their pacing on how they progress the story to make it interesting without undermining the rotation of dailies to keep combat from being too overpowered. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, that falls on the pace of the story to integrate those things. 100% agree. Um, however, I feel like you can outsource some of this to the player. If, if here's here's the, the the problem with doing with doing the outsourcing to the player of tracking these things in D and D and Pathfinder is one there's very little benefit. 
And when you get to a big town in Pathfinder, as long as your GM says it's okay, you can buy everything, like absolutely everything in the world, like you, except for unique items. You can you can just go, oh, I'm going to go talk to the most powerful wizard in the city, and he he can cast ninth level spells, so he can build this thing as long as I've got enough money. And that is fun-ish, except for because of that fact being true, you have less downtime and you have less opportunity. So instead, returning to town with your money is treated like a quest reward, and maybe it shouldn't be. Does that all make sense? Was that coherent? Yeah, but I mean, okay. I think, I think <laughs> like, we already we already had the discussion where like magic items are a thing that can be made. Rarely, you're more. We we already. I think we already established. You're more likely to just go out and f- find them in buried places. Like there's more magical items buried than are being made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the crafting system Hence uses the artifacts. A, uses a day. Like it takes a certain number of days mm-hmm. to craft, which that would help considerably with that very problem because if you give an incentive for the players to spend the time in town to do the crafting then that's going to help push that time forward and it's true and and every time i've played a a campaign in a dungeons and dragons scenario or uh, a pathfinder you know like like scenario uh that has always been heavily discouraged you know of, of crafting where because they just want to keep the story moving and they don't realize that it's not boring for you to say, okay, you spend 10 days there, and now on this next day, this next thing happens. Like you, you can just skip. I don't, even think, it's, I don't even think it's cheaper. I don't think it's actually cheaper, like functionally cheaper. What you, cheaper you can money? Get, you can get someone else to do it for you for the almost the same amount of money and then leave, go do something else, and then come back and have it be done. Except for because of the, t- of the way these adventures are writ- written, your time in town is precious and you never know when you're going to get it back. And I, d- I don't mean that in a way of like, well, every day you leave your house, you don't know if you're ever going to come back. I mean, like, it is... It, you'll get thrown in a prison for three months and then you come back to town for two days and then you're out adventuring for another month because of an event you didn't expect to happen. It's just not... It's not set up that way. Which, which is, I think, not really how adventures go except in this like uh in in almost any adventure story uh well in the majority of these big epic adventure stories the people have to take a break on their own and then they have to collectively decide the kind of thing they're going to do next that's usually what happens in these kind of stories and i but that already matches in with a couple of the mechanics that we have built in already Mm -hmm. because uh Injuries, we do not deal with them the same way. No, not at all. And and I do. Uh, so so, I, the main question I'm getting to is how much downtime should players expect in a campaign that we run in this game? Now I'm not saying GMs have to do this. I'm saying if we're going to set an expectation the way that the way that these other systems do, that we're going to write adventure paths for, how much downtime is appropriate? Well, I think it should vary. There's a difference between we're running Die Hard. Sure. You could have an entire adventure path, six full sessions planned out, and it's in one building, and it's in one night. That's your whole thing. You can level up in combat, mm-hmm. but you could also do The Hobbit. There should be a, a wide, variable amount. Like, I think travel, healing, crafting, what we need to... I think the, the thing that will define how much downtime we have is, what are you doing? That is going to define mm-hmm. the downtime. I, I don't want to do it the other way around. I, think I don't want to given... go, this is how much downtime we need. No, so no. this is the amount of shit we have to fill that downtime I, with. I, I want to f- fill the shit with downtime in and then go, well, what's, how, how much reasonable time can we get to that? We have like armor. We have crafting. We've made this thing. 
for yes. those kind of people who want that that hasn't been given to anyone Here, here's what i run into and it's really how the how the campaigns are written we're supposed to be living in a medieval world but we have a like walmart like yeah exactly you should be making you should be fixing your things you should be so we're not trying to force that like sharpen your sword kind of thing but so what this comes to is that we got through a campaign arc. It was an entire book of a Pathfinder campaign. And multiple character deaths, huge epic story, like showdown of the boss fight, all this enormous shit. And then when I went back and looked at my journal that I keep for my character, it had been less than a week. We're talking six months of playtime. When I looked at that, I was just like, that can't be right. Because we didn't meet week to week, it didn't feel like it would happen that fast. Otherwise, role-playing as this character, I would be playing it very differently. Yeah. If I was like, wait, four people died yesterday. We just met, like, this other person walks into our camp immediately after that person dies and is like, I'm here to join your group. Like, it's just, it's it's insane. Like, it comes across completely crazy when you actually think about it in the, in the terms of, of how it's going. So when I say how much downtime the characters should experience, I'm not saying we regiment it, but I'm trying to think of, like, how should we design campaigns so that they f- they don't feel like that? So, for instance, when we did Echoes, right, mm-hmm. there, there was a very quick amount of time between you discovered the Howards, Forsha goes into the thing and you immediately rest the night before and then you're in that dungeon you can't that's obviously all happening in one day but i felt like because you're in the same dungeon the pacing of how frantic you should feel was maintained yeah for this not it like you were you were saving your dailies you hadn't used them yet but let's say your character has a fight where they could die like you're in fear for your life and then you go back to town do you not spend two days just kind of like oh shit 100 percent yeah absolutely agree you don't just go, okay, we sleep, and then we run back out. It's like, hey, I want to take a shower and just, like, chill, like have a beer. I just almost died. I think if, if we if – I, may- I have to tell a lot of people I love them yeah. now. Like, that beca- yeah. has become a huge a priority of- to me as a person because uh, I think I have the, the lifespan of a mayfly now for, yeah. for my profession that I've picked. I'm pretty sure. I right. think I'm James Bond now. Speaking of that, are we universally literate, or what are we doing here? Universally literate, can you explain? Um, everyone can read and write. I think um, – well, read and write what language, too. Yeah. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. We've got, you know, we, we haven't decided on languages yet, and we'll get into that. Because we, we know that's th- a big conversation. Yeah, and it's cultural, right? So it's regional. So so the reason I bring this up is because I, I, I feel like there's, if we actually think about it in these terms, which we have been generally, but if we, if we put this as a focus, so the way that conditions work, the way that crafting works, we are allowing for extended periods of downtime. But what that means is that we can make it so that Money doesn't solve all your problems, right? Money and access to a city doesn't solve all your problems. You can't, you can't just be like, well, I want to buy a plus six great sword. It's like, can you, can you imagine a plus six great sword? In, in, in even in the world of Pathfinder, should be a hidden holy relic that nobody can even mention that they actually have. You know, it, it is so powerful. In ours, I, I feel like because that if be true. you were a level one character, you were like, oh, I guess I run my neighborhood now. Yeah, because yeah. anyone who fights me. Has less than six hit points. If I hit them, they are dead. Yeah. Minimum damage, they will die. Um, I feel like momentum might be key to the answer on the downtime. Because if you incorporate a, a framework Ooh. for momentum rewards... Because that's, that's one of the things that really drew me in when you started telling me about this system. Because it felt like the Bioware game of tabletop in that you could design an entire encounter that gave experience and leveled someone up and no one ever drew a sword. You have this entirely political thing going on. Mm-hmm. Everyone levels up, their character still progressed. And if combat now comes, 
they've still made forward momentum as a character. So momentum rewards offering experience kind of like Skyrim does runescape, you know, crafting Mm -hmm. offers a little bit of momentum interactions with uh, non-player characters offering momentum while you're in town. Give the incentive to have them explore the town and kill time. That's true. And bullshitting with a shopkeeper, like you're you're saying. You can earn momentum off of that. And if you... If you craft chainmail that's taking you the you know two quarters or whatever mm-hmm. of just working on when you can like that should be a momentum boom maybe maybe because yeah. because I think there's an opportunity for well, I think for in the th- way that we give out momentum like that was a cool fucking thing your character did yeah why would we not reward you doing that cool thing well I think because I think if you're if, being rewarded by getting the chainmail already. Yeah, but you wouldn't reward a character as a GM who did if that? If you did a lot of cool flair when you got it done and then did something cool with it, Ooh. yeah. I don't think making the thing is not what's oh. cool. The purpose of it. Here's, here's, here's where I think it'll change the behavior of how you do it. Is, is you'll be like, I'm going to make a thing that's going to take uh, seven days. And the GM will be like, what is it? And I'm like, you'll find out. And then when you reveal it, the GM will be all right, plus one momentum. That's the difference, right? You'll, you'll be yes. like, yes. yes that, well, that with moment. the crafting, like, we're just opening this to people who like that i'm not saying everyone's gonna like it no, but modular kick it out if you want yeah you don't want it. there are people who are gonna be like hell yeah give me that and that's it's not for everyone but mm. and, and there might be people who only meet once a month or every other month and their their immediate reaction is fuck that shit yeah we need to move this faster yeah. more yeah. combats we need to get going so yeah i, I do want to put in rules for downtime and mm. i do but i also would like that if you want to remove that bit from the system, mm-hmm. you because you don't it. meet enough. If you if you're meeting once a week, I could see you every three sessions being like, "Fuck it, we're having a town day. We're just gonna do some yeah. cool role play. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna hang out today. We're gonna get a bunch of accounting shit done. We're gonna talk about real estate. Who gives mm-hmm. a shit?" So in 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 the D and D campaigns that I've run, I cut out the crafting mechanics entirely mm-hmm. as a GM. Like I was just like, just trust me. I'm going to. I'm going to make the treasure hordes that you get. I'm going to make them appropriate for your characters. Just don't, I don't care about you guys going to town, doing whatever. But even in, even in that one, because of that, there was a lot of downtime. You guys had a huge, like, world-spanning adventure. Um, but I was like, yeah, it takes you, you know, three weeks to take a boat there. And, and now uh, those three weeks are over, and you're there. You know, it, to Oots, I was worried that you were, you were going to bring this up because I think it is a glaring flaw in our naming scheme. Uh, I started thinking about it as you were as you were talking. Um, the idea of downtime and momentum—it's like, don't you lose momentum? You know, I mean, I mean, in the idea of like you have to stop, you're losing momentum. Yeah, uh, I don't think so because it's not how it works in fantasy stories, and that's nope. the kind of story we're telling. Yeah, exactly. There's also what it offers you is you can flesh out the modules. Um, you can have crafting steps at that point, which incentivizes momentum for going and buying a piece of armor isn't a moment crafting that first piece of plate mail yourself that is uh, that's a character it moment could be, could like absolutely you your smithing and the work you put in got you there and you have the ability to add like more layers to the crafting but you can also just ignore that entirely yeah or even oh no i don't have a crafting skill i need this thing to be made I'm going to go talk to this guy. He knows how to make it. He's like, oh, I'll make that for you. I'll need this much am- uh, amount of money, but I also need this thing that I don't have. Yeah. Go find it. Yeah. yeah. Side quest. I, what, I, what I was thinking, too, is, is this. Sorry. 
Or so let's keep turning boots up. Uh, what I was also thinking is that per the idea that you don't tell the GM something, momentum in these moments actually incentivizes surprise. Yeah. 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 Right? Which is actually store- – so you could be like, well, this you know, surprise is not something you want when you're trying to manage a complex group. But it is something you want with storytelling. You do want your armorer to surprise your mage with the perfect item. You know, after mm-hmm. after a week of crafting, nobody knows what they're up to because that's a great story moment. I made you the lightest chainmail possible. Exactly. Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. Forty pounds. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it weighs negative seven pounds. Oh shit! Yeah, you got. You have to wear it, or else it it floats away like yeah. a balloon. <laughs> In fact, I built I built a special box for it. It is exactly. Six and a half pounds. It'll just float next to you. It's amazing. You know, it's funny. That's a uh, floating disc. That's very reminiscent of the second half of the Mistborn series. Um, Brian Sanderson. Boo. Brandon, you heretic. I, I actually enjoy the series. It's a good one. Uh, Heresy. The he's a turtle dove guy. He, oh, yeah. He's capable of storing a percentage of his weight in this metal contraption that he wears. Because uh, it's, you know, it's all... it's avatar basically with metals okay and uh blue uh, not blue people but airbender okay and um <laughs> so he goes around constantly and it's, it's like this western kind of almost um oh, it was will smith uh it was wild, 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 wild west. west thank you wild wild west okay and <laughs> that's not what i thought you were gonna say it, yeah because it, it starts the first three books are like in the medieval times and then you go flash forward to the second arc and the characters you followed in the first three are now the mythology and the gods oh i've not gotten to this so it's like yet. a chronicles of narnia type yeah of thing. yeah and so then the main character he can use this ability where he stores a little bit of his weight and he's this like gunslinging lawman running around and he'll just evaporate all his weight and shoot his gun and it just launches him off to the side <laughs> because he now weighs like eight pounds Dope. that's awesome i love the railway system where there's just metal buried in the ground yeah yeah and like you can pull yourself towards metal so if you just have infinite metal you fly that's awesome okay so last bit about calendars this episode all right what kind of tools think about it from your perspective you are all different players uh-huh. right what tools do you want to make this easy like to just to, to make it so that it's not even a second thought like oh yeah track in the days no problem where if i handed you a tool and you have your character sheet you're not, you don't feel burdened with the, the the responsibility of tracking your days hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass!" so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hmm. 
this might be the point where you need someone to to delegate that and have an extra sheet for them. So making a sheet with 360 boxes on it, 364 boxes on it, trivial. Yes. You could make it for every year with the moon phases included. Easy. Mm -hmm. But is a sheet that just lays out that many days and you say you start on – like you write the year at the top. Mm -hmm. And you tell them the start day and they can just mark off the start day. Mm -hmm. And they say, okay, 10 days have passed. Check. Done. Is is that easy? Yeah. I think there's a section of people who would really enjoy that and then people who would not use it at all. So Sure. Here's the, here's the thing. I think you just need to find the person at the table who is willing to do that. You only need one. You, know, you only need one timekeeper. That's no. That's what I mean. Like you only need one person. Because here's here's my thing. To play a mage in other systems, they ask so much more from mage players from from wizard players than they do from rogues. Yeah, and I say rogues and not fighters because fighters have a lot of tactical responsibilities. You don't really if you're just like if you're a barbarian you're like i run in i rage i hit him like <laughs> that's all you're thinking about i think that's the person you ask to keep track of time you know so for instance the most complicated paths in our current system are command and decay yeah i don't think there's any argument there they th- th- those two people have an enormous amount of responsibility to track moment to moment whereas somebody who's say champion i would hand them the calendar i don't think this applies for that because the wizard is complex in prep they are complex not only in combat but before combat command is not any more like no step other than maybe late decay Mm -hmm. based on maintaining creatures requires pre-planning i don't think i don't think because you're you're, you're not going to look at your calendar the scale in combat that's what i'm saying we're like the scale is different i do think that command needs to know more about everybody else that is true than anyone else does they need to know your basic attack. Well, they need at, to know at the very least. They need to know a lot more than that, especially when we get into movement granting. Yeah, I mean that was one of the hardest things to jump into that warlord that we test ran mm-hmm. was not only did I have to try to memorize the sheet I had in front of me, but I had to keep track of Katie's abilities. I had to think kind of four dimensionally as the group. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say give this to the person with the least amount to do in combat or the least amount of thinking to do mm-hmm. i would actually say who is making executive decisions don't give it to that person or i mean people G- could give have- it give it to the person who is uh logistically minded well here's another thing if you only have one crafter that's who should be using it oh easy. yeah yeah right uh, the, the person who's crafting cares about it and, and the gm i was gonna say the gm could use that but like yeah i generally you I, have a quarter to solve this and then that is now an imperative tool of everybody. Absolutely agree, but I feel like if we can give the people playing this game tools to outsource campaign tracking responsibility away from the GM, GMs are going to have more fun. Yeah. And be able to do more fun stuff. Absolutely. And it makes it feel less adversarial, Yeah, which is, a, I think, a huge goal of this game system to begin with. Yeah. Where like when you read horror stories or even just people talking about their game group, you realize, like, oh, you guys don't like each other and aren't having fun, so I don't know what you're lack doing. Lack of this. synergy. Yeah, well, they well they feel like they're, I'm I'm playing against my DM, or their DM feels like I'm playing against my players. I don't feel like that's an. I feel like we do a better job of making that less inherent in the system. Yes, but it's also I feel like people are still going to try to play that way. Oh, it, totally. It, there's, there's no way to get around that except for in, incentive, incentive, incentive. Like the, if we just make, if we remove friction for playing that way, if we if we make it obvious that that's the better path, 
it'll be better for more people. Yeah. But they aren't playing like a fantasy SWAT team. No, they aren't playing like the Fellowship. Well, it, it comes down to like in every RPG. Like my experience is much more the MMO world, but you have two types. If you, you don't, if you don't play as a team in yeah. the MMO world, you suck. You're the worst player. When they started adding in um, like the heirlooms and stuff to World of Warcraft, where you could go back over the lower. Oh yeah, uh, you yeah. have two types of people. The type who, even though it wasn't necessary. Everyone stayed together as a group because that's how they were trained to play the game. And you had that one warrior in the Mike Pauldrons who ran forward in front of the group through the entire instance and just tried to cleave everything to death and pull the whole instance at once. Mm-hmm. And that's that's your two main players. Like they will, there's always that person only who without the care. power. Yeah, they don't have the power to yeah. do that. That's the yeah. thing that drives me nuts. Well, I feel like those people do that even when they don't. And, and I think it's fun to do it when you don't. Right, it, it, it can be fun, but if it, only if it's a choice in a moment, not this is just the thing I do. I ruin your time always. Uh, you know? Yeah. Speak, like, I do want to take it aside for a second. Have you heard about the the insane WoW Classic debacle that's happening right now? Yes. Uh, I've heard a little bit. Of, they had to release an entire forum post of, these are not bugs. Yes. These are features. And it's like a 42 item list of like, yes, the hitboxes and range is different for Torrens. Yep. That was true in 1.0. That is a feature. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, everyone had rose-colored glasses, and yeah, now I, they're yeah. actually doing or, it, and they don't like it. Or, or like, in Level Up, it does not tell you that your proficiencies have changed. That was a 1.012 update. Yeah. So here's another thing. Um, a simple calendar. It can be on one sheet. People can yeah. just cross things off, right? The only people who give a shit about it are people who craft things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the GM, and people who are suffering from conditions. And people who just like calendars. Yeah, us. Or or people who want to be building businesses, people who want to uh, be learning new skills or training different languages. Great, mm-hmm. great points to that. Like, yeah. we, we haven't talked about how you learn languages. The amount of, like, and I... The, the fact that it's tied to level up in other systems is wrong. Is garbage. Well, like, we... That was one of the first house rules I ever read about was like you need this many hours of conversing with a proficient speaker Mm -hmm. to learn a language and it was a lot of hours it was a couple hundred and to get that that would take months of in-game time picking off your you're like oh i'm only going to do it for like an hour or two anytime am i going to like learn french but you do it over the course of a thing where you're like, man, I know Orcish now. And there's only two people in my group who know Orcish. Yep. Jokes, motherfucker. Well, it's all we're doing all day. Trod and Manigrove have payroll to meet now. I mean, you mean Trod. I think we are all partners. There's a sign I think you need everything. to. I think you need to listen back to that last episode. We're on the sign. This will be Mandagrove and Trod. Yeah. That's what it said. I know. I had to put him up front because he was in a... He's a fam- famous author. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did all the paperwork, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Esmond right. would have the calendar, for sure, of that oh, group. God, so much. Don't even need to craft Kelton it. Kelton would have another one. calendar. It'll be all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no it's symmetry. Yeah. Like, is this the wrong year? This is the wrong year. <laughs> it's fine. This doesn't have enough days on it. It's what are a- you doing? <laughs> where did you even get this? Yeah. Tell me where you got this. It's got the this lady in a car. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, just a Michelin calendar from 1957. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick. Command needs a better step four. Okay. So right now they've got, they've got an ability where they get they can add damage to the attack. It's two plus their intellect for every attack they grant and damage to the attack, 
which is good. That's fine. There's nothing really like meaty. Yeah, there's nothing really like fun in that. And and command needs to be fun. I, I really do feel like you should feel like you're kind of pulling one off on everybody when you're playing command. Almost always. This might not be right for step four, but what if we just had your whole party could shuffle, reorganize, just, just switch orders? Yeah. Do you want to do you switch seats like you play musical chairs when it happens? No, I don't want to do that because we record. So no, no, us, yeah. but yeah, okay. But <laughs> so, so no, everybody switch character sheets. <laughs> so we call that perfect timing. They get two plus your intellect. What else? That's. I mean, that's good. I want to keep that. We talked about standard bearer. Yeah, we talked about it for Citadel, which definitely is not. You're right. That's not correct, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we gave Citadel Heraldry instead, where it improved them passively permanently, right? Uh-huh. What if you got an ability called Standard Bearer where allies who can see you gain a permanent buff? I like this. That you get to pick. Ooh, I was going to say... Maybe. That you get to pick that does not affect you. I was thinking maybe like an That's aspect, good. you know, where you have a flag and you pick that flag for that battle. I'm saying it's that. no. It's one mm-hmm. of, you pick the thing. You Inspiring go, you presence fits the flavor. Yeah, like it. But mm-hmm. but the idea is like you're the standard bearer because that's the job it, yeah. in war of a standard bearer. Yeah, right? you picked your company colors. Right. You you come out there with the standard, and it's just like this is what you're fighting for. Everyone remember it. That's it. Like, and the idea is it, it, it increases your valor. Like yeah. the, the last scene in Glory. Oh yeah. Yes. Because I just want to be sad. Yes, it is like the last scene in Glory, except for. Well, hopefully you'll live. I mean, I guess they in, the, in the long run, yeah. Yeah, they did, They died. They died, died, though. Powerful Ferris. Spoiler alerts for Glory. Um, uh, Ferris Bueller dies in it. Yeah. yeah. And so does Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington. And Denzel Washington. Actually, everyone, everyone in the whole movie dies. All of them. I like All the, of them are dead because it's set in the Civil War and it's 2019. All of them are dead. I'm that, sorry, guys. That is true. They're all dead. They're all real people and they're all dead Th- now. This is a clam. Let's move on. So Standard Bearer, <laughs> we could put that in step four. Sounds think? good. We mm-hmm. add it to the plus two to intellect? Yeah. Okay. Maybe, should you pick one and it's a permanent passive bonus within a 30-foot range? Or do you get a choice between three things and you pick it for that combat and you don't get to change it? I would like you to pick one thing. I agree. That is your, That's yeah, that's the, that's the hill you decided to die on. Okay. So Citadel gets plus one to dodge. Mm-hmm. They get... Plus two to opportunity attacks. They get uh, things like that, endurance and damage against specific enemies. What's what's different? Because it's everyone. I think we have to pick more general things. Yeah. What if it's because like plus one to damage, super great. I guess if you're a damage character, mm-hmm. if that's what you do. Well, but it applies to everybody, right? What what is a non-damage character in our system? Is there one? Yeah. What tanks? Tanks deal damage. No, not really. They do. Um, I I feel like the the presence would be a chance to hit. Like command is all about direction, so that bonus would be to your chance to hit or movement. I think chance to hit's good. Maybe increase the amount of opportunity attacks everybody gets by one. Oh, I like that. Just the number, right? Increase yes. by one. Yeah. Per round. Um, what else is general? That- movement. Well, Citadel gets the plus one to move. But everyone can use movement is the yeah. whole thing. What's a good movement thing? Maybe maybe plus two to your dodge against opportunity attacks. Yeah. How about this? You don't get a plus one to movement, but when you disengage, you can disengage two squares. We already got a lot that does that. What does that? 
um, both Citadel and um, Zealotry. Okay. Resistance to slow or resistance to difficult terrain? That's good. I like that. I like the, the idea of resistance is good. Um, we've already done things that, that give you resistance against composure stuff. How about just straight up, you ignore one armor. Your armor busters. Your your siege. That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, hmm. What's something associated with bravery? Dude, regen. Mm. Very minor regen. Even if it's only two hit points, a tick, a turn. A d4. Ooh. If that's happening every turn, mm-hmm. well, also you could just if you just don't have a lot of healing going on, you could just pick that, and then suddenly that covers a lot of breaks. Yeah, I like that. I was trying to think of a, a reason that a D adding a D four of armor to everybody. It, don't but what, don't, I mean, don't I mean, do that. I think <laughs> don't me- do that. <laughs> I think mechanically. So we're but we're talking about step four, which is yeah. actually pretty far, right? Yeah. I think mechanically, you're all level three minimum by this time. I think mechanically it works, but I can't think of a reason why a flag would give you more armor. It's yeah. it's it's also not that because adding three armor to someone with no armor or one armor is not crazy, but because you can have six armor and shielding and then stack that and then be sitting at possibly fourteen damage reduction, that mm. even with even with things that ignore armor. Mm. The I think the most we do that with the way that even bashing weapons work is like six. How about it increases everybody's max HP by your level? That's what I was just Ooh. about to say. Something to do with I like that. HP increase. Yeah, only when you're within range. A, a sight, I think, would sight. be a good one. That's, That's good how one. Divinity Original Sin does it. There's a uh, talent you can take right off the bat that increases, I think it's like Dex and Charisma by, it was a, by two of anybody who can see you as the leader. Yeah, let's do, let's do. Okay, so we're level four. I want to give them five extra HP. I will say two plus your level. I almost like sight too, because it could work in a situation where even if you're outside of the combat, or you're like you were injured the day before, and you're up on a hill, and you're in a tent, and you just wake up, and there was a fight going on beneath you, you could just leave the tent and raise your flag, and then everyone in the valley below you, who is your party, would still just look at it and go like, boys. Yep. I think I think the time has come for yeah. us to take this very seriously. <laughs> we were talking when I got here, uh, you know, uh, Brad Pitt and Troy. When Achilles hit the field, everyone yeah. who was around him fought harder. It's interesting because what it, if we were to build Achilles, we would absolutely build him as champion. Definitely. No yeah. questions asked. I, but but there is a bravery component to it. Yeah. So maybe he is like step one command. But he's not really that good of a leader. No, he's not. Odysseus was more Odysseus. of a command. Odysseus, oh, Odysseus yeah. was command and scoundrel. <laughs> command and marksman, too. Shot through the... Ad- Hell yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, that was with the help of the gods, I think, at that point, though? No, it was like, explicitly not. It was explicitly with rejecting the help of the gods. All right, so uh, two plus your level in HP, right? Okay. Max HP. So that will be five HP at... At level three, which is which when is, you can f- earliest get step four. Which is not insane. I think it's good, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That one's good. Plus one to attack for everybody. Is that, that is that too bland? No. As long as it's stacked. I, here's the thing. I think it's bland, but also universally, like, no matter what your party composition is, mm-hmm. that works. I don't no, want, it, like, that's why it's good. I don't yeah. want to give him dodge. I don't think that, that feel, no. doesn't feel right for standard bearer. So we've got that HP, which feels like bravery, plus one to attack, which feels like you're everybody's fighting harder. Yeah, opportunity attacks. I like it. 
Oh, you get one extra opportunity yeah. attack? Okay. Yeah. You don't, you don't have a core set at all. That could come in really nice. That could yeah. come in very handy. And if you have a core set at all, you might look at that and go like, do I need it? Yeah. Yeah. Because also... Or, or you just be, straight up two marksmen. Or five extra HP. Think about that from the perspective of somebody who... So, so Andrew, you're going to play a healer. You can immediately see where that buffer of oh, yeah. five HP you'll take it every time, right? Mm-hmm. That's like getting an extra melee level worth of HP. Yeah. Yeah, so, that would be very useful. Okay. I, I like this. I'm I'm happy with this. You bear a standard. You Do you have to set it down? Do you do you carry it? Because people can bear a standard that looks like a scepter and they just hold it. I think it could be strapped to your back even. Yeah, like the Japanese on horseback. Or I was thinking Space Marines, but fine. Diablo 3. Which is based on that, yeah. 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 I, th- I think we can call the... The ability standard bear, but it could literally just be like inspiring presence. Your presence, yeah. Yeah, like you pick the thing. You have a big, dumb helmet that's just crazy looking and scary. It's got bat wings on it. People could look at the big, dumb helmet and go like, oh, the big, dumb helmet's here. Let's fucking go to town. Uh, cool. uh, cloak. Yeah. Very, um, I can't think of the very so basic word. but Talisman bear or something? I mean, even a tabard, you know. Yeah. 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 But that leads Actually, into like, the like a little bit. Yeah, it does. Well, but yeah. it's not always... So the tabard isn't always... Her- so, for instance, we think of the Three Musketeers. Yeah. That wasn't heraldry, right? They're tabards. Well, it was. They had heraldry on it. I'm just saying... But they had individual heraldry? Well, they had no, the musketeer heraldry. it's a uniform. It, was, it is a uniform, but it's the heraldry of the king. That's why you wore it, to show who you right. were fighting for. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be a tabard. I was thinking more like talisman, like you were saying the helmet, or you are saying... You know, a goofy I, stick or I, something. I you know? think it should be called Standard Bear. I think that's what the ability yeah. should be called. Okay. But in the description, we're just like, well, by Standard Bear, we mean anyone who exemplifies or bears an emblem of combat that allows this we to happen. We just say, you choose an emblem. Yeah. Yeah, choose. You, you don't have to wear it. We'll just say, you choose one. Mm-hmm. You get one of these three benefits. It could be a it fucking... Could li- you could, it could literally be a song that you sing. Yeah. Dragon Horn. You know, Josh, one of the things uh, I had messaged you, um, we were talking a little bit about marksmen and rapid fire and mm-hmm. whether or not, because uh, the, the current language is do not apply your bonus to the damage. Right. And I was wondering about whether or not to apply that bonus to healing. And then I sat down and crunched the numbers on that. And it's disgusting. I came up with a case of like, you can't do that. Like it, it would be very bad. Yeah, it would be because you can build someone who just does like he full heals everybody every sixteen time. health level, every turn level one potential of twenty health per turn. That's ridiculous. guaranteed eight. Yeah, the best you could do is half rounded down to give. Yeah. A, a, I can't. Th- I'm having trouble with basic motivation to take marksman sure, with healing sure. is is what I was looking for. Is there a distinct advantage to doing rapid fire to heal? It's a guaranteed hit. Um, low levels, it doesn't balance out, but once you get past a certain dice roll... With the scaling? Um, dazzling Ray, because you don't, you can't miss. Mm-hmm. So you're just getting two. So late game, taking Marksman uh, is very beneficial to healing. Yeah, I'm almost thinking that... And, and this won't be true for what we're talking about right now, but I almost think that we should move Rapid Fire to... Step two? Core. So that way, it's only with a ranged weapon. Yeah. Okay. And then moving covering fire to step one, you can use whatever damage type that you can do a ranged attack with. All right. Yeah, I'm down with that. 
Because somebody who's pure marksman won't notice it. Like that is no. the same yeah. Yeah. When I was pure marksman, I was just doing rapid fire. Like, yeah. It and just, it also still allows for you to be ice or or fire or even radiance and being like, mm-hmm. ooh, I do still want marksman because pinning – or not pinning sharp, but uh, cover fire is good. It is cover very good. Cover fire yeah. is good control. Well, in the, the feature of step one, the passive um, – the, it's when you crit um, allies get allies get the yeah, upper, hand upper hand yeah against oh yeah. that's that's nice yeah so and it's beneficial just plus one to hit is pretty great mm-hmm. it's not plus one to hit though they get plus one to hit with all range attacks yep yeah that's what I'm saying core marksman like is such a solid yep thing yeah core marksman's great step one's good I, I don't I don't I feel like marksman's fine yeah did we get a step four for marksman let me check. I do have to have, ask a question about the the change that we made to the upper hand based on, on not having a, a blanket bonus to hit. Now that you're limited to one opportunity attack, though, mm-hmm. which is a change we made afterwards, upper hand, I feel, took a he- the heaviest hit from that. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like uh, the upper hand's fine. If you can only make one attack of opportunity and you can expend that like for one for boss characters that adds a weird situation into it because they can they get three actions a turn Mm -hmm. so that's a situation in which the larger character directly benefits like it becomes less important for them to be surrounded i get i i don't i'm sorry i don't follow because the oh you mean like less less well, I don't know. I'm thinking of to the mole fight. Like, what did we change that 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 changed? Oh no, the 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 whole the reason why that was embarrassing is Galen got unlimited. Right, and she hit that thing four times in a turn. Right. What? So what's? I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I'm I would om- I would almost say that it would be. The only thing is, then the upper hand takes a, a a pretty a pretty hard hit if you can only use it once, and then after you're expended that way, mm-hmm. in multiple target attacks, anyone that gets multiple attacks in a turn, or uh, if there's multiple characters, as soon as that's done, or if someone moves across, then that threaten is gone. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. I guess, I guess is, is it just feels less useful than at a blanket plus two at that point on anything that happens, including on your turn. But if they move anyway, you lose the plus two. I mean, it's the same. It's still better. I think it's it. the The thing about it is, it makes it for non defensive characters to be the advantage of getting it, uh, the upper hand if you're not core citadel mm-hmm. is not worth the risk yeah and which i think is if well there's very little risk if you're just flanking somebody it's just better for you because you might get an opportunity attack unless you have to be away from your tank which you have to implicitly yeah well it's not so when you say away from your tank like well okay it's not true for scoundrel who's generally the only person who really wants the upper hand yeah because right. you can do that next to somebody. Well, only for one kind of attack. Yeah. Only for one attack, whereas you're going to try to land other shit from behind it that you don't need to do the one attack that you have the upper hand for. So, for instance, sorry. To, so, for, for clarity, you have an ability as Scoundrel where you can, if somebody's adjacent to you, you have the upper hand for that attack, mm-hmm. but it's an at will and it does very fixed damage. If you get the upper hand, you can do your dailies, your all these things, and still get sneak attack or whatever secondary yes. bonus you get. So scoundrel is a high risk, high reward paradigm. Champion, not so much. 
like if you just want to put yourself in the spot where now two people can get opportunity attacks against this, that's valid too. There's there's a reason to do that. If you got a shield, even more so because you can you can stop them from casting. Mm-hmm. That's the reward of getting the upper hand, not not the um, outright damage bonus. But the outright damage bonus on not their turn is the threatening point yes. of that. Yeah, for sure. And that is, in my opinion, majorly decreased. And that D- decreased I, compared to what though? Decreased compared to even just a plus two. I disagree. Because that would work also on attacks of opportunity, which you can very easily, if you're just regular flanked in 4th edition, it's very easy to also just proc those in that situation. It's not, because it's it's not as easy. It's easier to get op- to, to get opportunity attacks in our system because if they attack anybody who isn't mm-hmm. you, you get to do one. Yes. Which is not true in 4th edition. But they can still disengage and still do it. Yeah, they ha- but they have to move, They uh-huh. have, which you lose the plus two anyway if you do that. So it's just better. It's getting attack, getting an extra attack is better than he having a plus two. I, I, yeah, in that use case, but, but that, the fact, the fact that case. it exists to begin with, like there's no reason why you wouldn't move ever, except for they Citadel can shut down. You cannot disengage. Like they'll make it so you absolutely cannot do it. And then um, if you have somebody with a spear, if they try, if, if they can, they can disengage, and if they try to run away, you can stop them from running by getting an opportunity attack, and then somebody else can move again, and you can corner them. You can get three people on them, and they can't go anywhere. Could we have a thing where we would have you get one opportunity attack, and then one granted opportunity attack? Well, gr- a granted attack is just I know, just but I'm saying attack. like you have your opportunity attack, but then we have things where we give opportunity attacks as well, right? No, no? We, you you just get an attack for free. Yeah. Okay, yeah, which is what an opportunity attack is but yeah, it's but... just there, there's a different mechanics around okay it. yeah so like because you already have a limiter on that based on how many attacks yeah. a command could grant yeah because mm-hmm. so, like you can you can run up do an attack they provoke something you get an opportunity attack and then command could go hit him again before your turn and and yeah. those aren't the command is command is only limited by the fact that they can only do that action once per round yes if you have mm-hmm. three people with command you're gonna get a bunch of hits against this, per- this person which feels weird but not insane and that's also a very specific use case, so like, let it happen. Like, don't make rules against it, because then no, you're hamstringing yourself more than than anything else already. So, last order of business before we call it, I think I want to talk about step four for marksmen. Okay, they don't have anything good right now. They have catch a breather, where they spend a move action, and you you become suddenly aware of the enemy's positioning, and you regain the high ground. You can disengage a number of squares equal to your dex, and regain health equal to your endurance. I like that a lot. But it's not great. You're right. Your endurance plus composure, which is good. That's good. And that's I, I'd def- say still give them that. That's a solid defensive move sure. for an offensive class. Maybe give them back their intelligence on rapid fire. N- not give it back. Maybe do like triple shot, maybe. Okay. They can all be against the same target or three different targets. Yeah. Once per scene. Well, there's the classic rain of arrows trope as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we got for covering fire. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what. Okay. Like volley, right? Yeah. Gotcha. What's um? We could call it volley, and we could say three arrows with full bonus oh, against one target, or do or we, four arrows with full in, bonus against against four targets. In step four, are we giving a lot of interesting? I think we're giving a lot of more interesting passive things, though, right? Well, we gave we gave command standard bearer, uh-huh. we gave citadel heraldry. heraldry, we gave death the the reavers, uh-huh. the undead. Um, but ice gets cryostasis and glacier, which are not passive. They're active mm-hmm. things that you do. Radiance got prismatic form and interference, in, interference none of which are passive, mm-hmm. um, but very cool. But they also don't seem like the thing you're doing before, slightly harder. 
Right. I, I'm. I'm that's, still. That's, that's the. That's the portion with marksman that's tough, right? Yeah. I, that's. You just make their attack. We could do something where it makes their attack keens or considered high crit, where they start just doing weird burst stuff. Well, what do we give champion? Because I feel like of, of all the paths, champion and marksman should generally be the thing you were doing, but harder, right? Like those those two. So like champion got reaping, which is uh, it's like cleave, mm-hmm. and they got relentless advantage, which is a daily stance. What yeah, rather than tri- something better than triple shot? What triple shot is good. Mathematically, it's good. Venom on their arrows, we like could. we have venom uh, blades. What but you do... can just go scoundrel and get venom. Yeah, yeah. that's the point. Yeah, that's in venom. What damage yeah. type are bows? Just ranged, ranged. Uh, well, weapon. what about um, your bow now gains the same uh, bonus as daggers, where you crit on a one or a twenty? You give that crit bonus oh, to marksmen when you go down armor. that far. I like that. Or I choose like between ignore armor and something like Screw that. Screw it, just make them make them range daggers. Yeah. They can in your hands. They are range daggers. Well, ar- armor piercing. Pierce, armor piercing arrows were a thing in a yeah. way that using a dagger to pierce is not. So you could say, what's the other one? Cut, cutting, heavy draw. What I okay. So what if we say you choose one? You get to use. Um, you get to crit on a one or a twenty, or you get to ignore armor by an amount equal to your strength do you choose this before an encounter you get to switch yes okay. like a stance yeah but you you i don't want them to have to track their arrows that's what i that's yeah. that's the thing um no i don't i don't i don't feel like this is this is a way of shooting this is not i'd say the implicitly in their arrows before so it's it's once per scene yeah. you can choose one of these two benefits and that's it heavy draw or precision or yeah precision shots mm-hmm. okay we could say armor piercing which would be? Yeah. I think that should, I think we, I think armor piercing wouldn't... thinks about is is a thought about the arrows. Then you're yeah. Then then it's like why aren't you kind of like the idea of you just for this combat? You've decided I am overextending myself in my draw. Well, okay, but here's the thing: why wouldn't you always? So why wouldn't you would, always overdraw? Well, you can't. Oh, okay, because you can't do that and place your shots as well as you want. But I don't think that okay, I don't think that translates because if you if you have a 75 pounds bow, uh-huh. you if you're not pulling it to the same draw point, which is the furthest you should mm-hmm. pull you should ever pull it, otherwise the arrow will eclipse the okay. the bow. Um then you're doing it wrong always. What if I mean, you're kind of basing that off of the real world, but I mean like with rapid fire, nobody it's either you're taking the quick shot or mm-hmm. you're really pulling back, getting the full draw out of it Correct. to make sure it punches through the armor. Which, which what we're saying is, so the reason for that in rapid fire, that's real world, is if you can do that. You can, with a bow, you can you can fire pretty quickly, but you're not going to get the intelligence damage of shot placement mm-hmm. is the idea. With this one, I just need some kind of justification. That's all I need. I just need a justification for mm-hmm. why you would ignore armor but what if okay so maybe maybe we could say armor piercing you ignore armor um or we could skip armor piercing and we could say you do a stance where you're aiming for vitals and you crit on a one or 20 or you or it's like cutting weapons Uh you're learning a target's movement as they as they go because vitals is way better especially if you already have a plus one i mean getting a plus three you know you never complained about it with esmond trob with hands and and leaping flame. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't take a wind up. It increases your potential damage more. Like I don't know. I I, I think the thing that range needs more than hitting more often is 
the thing it doesn't do at all that it's worried about is armor. Yeah. Let's like I, I think I, as a I, class I almost, they hit well enough already. I almost yeah. think remove the critting then and just make it armor piercing. You've upgraded your bow or your crossbow and you ignore armor by an amount equal to your strength. What if it's based on weapon type? Because a crossbow would be more likely to punch through armor. So if you're using a crossbow... Let's make, let's make it intelligence then. Just because your, your your shot placement with your crossbow determines what part of the armor that you're targeting, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. we'll just we'll just make it that. We'll make it armor and end of story. Like you can just... It's you're, armor you're, piercing. You're still looking for, for flat spots and divots. Because if you hit rounded pieces, that's where they're flying off. Yeah. So are we cool with just armor piercing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like nobody'd be upset about that, right? Nope. No. Okay. And also, that could that well, could increase your damage more than triple shot can. Yeah. Well, and it's more of a steady increase compared to the random chance of the crit as well. Yeah. Goes up with your int, which by this time you could on this level because it's step four yeah. increase your int by one. Well, and it's also a situation where like rapid shot already chews up soft targets. Mm, it yeah. just it eats them already. Well, right in, now, a, in a way that triple shot is going to increase the amount of that. Up, but, in, up until step four, you have zero recourse against armor as marksman. Yeah. Everything else, you're fine, right? Yeah. So so you you cannot choose to get through armor as marksman until step four. Yeah. I think this is this is good. This Because otherwise, if you could do that at step one, Max, you played Slish. Yeah. A little too much, right? Like <laughs> Just ignoring <laughs> armor outright. Well, and it also it plays already... into the... the general drawback of armor and even when i was making characters if they had four more armor they did not move six squares no because that just didn't make sense to me even though that they don't have to abide by rules and you can always fudge that it did feel like if they're heavy and they're armored it should take a while like you should be able to outpace them most of the time yeah so you can do that as an archer and it'll benefits are good enough Yeah. yeah okay marksman armor piercing command got a better step four we got standard bearer is that still enough for marksman Marksman already has the catch a breather, mm-hmm. which is to um, disengage uh, a bunch of spaces and regain health, which is so clutch. Yeah, I think that I think that is. I think that's really powerful. I, I think if you have to choose between what heraldry can get you and armor piercing, armor piercing. Yeah, it's pretty armor good. piercing for the thing, the specific thing you're already doing punches its weight. Yeah, yeah, well, especially because it's the only thing you can't do right now. Yeah. Okay. So, and you're not the best at it, even with that. But you're good. Each one of your arrows has a little tabard, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have to make sure that the, yeah. the arrow is proud enough to reach that target. Yeah. Okay, so that's what we're going to call it tonight. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us. We're so excited to play with you in, in Max's campaign. Very excited as well. Thank you. As always, if you want to join this conversation, if you think heraldry is stupid, if you think marksmen need something better than armor piercing, you can find us on patreon.com slash RPGFS. And you're wrong. <laughs> but you you don't have to be a patron to comment so please uh, you have to have a patreon account but that's pretty low friction so if you want to comment please comment on our posts we're happy to talk about stuff with you uh but at the five dollar tier you get all the rule books we make at the two dollar tier you get all the character sheets we make at the one dollar tier you get all the conversations we cut out of episodes like these uh which are pretty funny we have i think time. they're funnier than most average conversations sure because they're edited specifically to be funnier <laughs> <laughs> But at the $10 tier, that's where the real money is. You get to make a custom character that will end up as an NPC that the characters will encounter in our actual plays. And uh, it's pretty, been pretty fun so far. If you listen to Echoes of the Star Crypt, you've heard quite a number of them. So again, that's at patreon.com slash RPGFS. You can find us on facebook.com slash RPGFS. You can find us on Instagram at RPG from Scratch, one word. 
And you can also find us on Twitter where we're trying to post more interesting stuff like GM tips where we are at Homebrew Hombres. So thank you everybody for listening. And until next time, stay safe, stand watch, and get a full rest. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.